0: Hey everyone, welcome to Space Mystery Week. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong and we actually have some new members coming on this month. But uh, what that means is that we have people not only in Sacramento, but we have people spread up and down the state of California. And again, what that means is that we can get you. It might take us a little bit to do or two. Because California is a huge state. You know, when people think of California, they kind of think of us like Hawaii, right? Beaches and all that good stuff. Well, that's true. That's true on the West Coast. But for those of us that live further inland, uh, we have deserts. We have high desert, We have mountains. We have a lot of farmland. And it's a, it's a spread out state, let me tell you. Uh-oh. Oh, no, no, no. Don't be doing that tonight. It's a spread out state. My internet doing weird things tonight. Lots of news out there. So hopefully the internet holds up. I <laughs> didn't have time to do a reset. But anyway, um, even if it takes us a couple days to get to you, it's really, non, it's really a non-issue because what happens in that case is that we have psychics and mediums on staff who can call you and talk with you about your issue. And in most cases, calm things down before we get out there. And that gives us a couple of extra time. And we won't go more than two days to get to you. I, I promise that. If it comes to words, we'll do a, a Skype thing with you or whatever to get the facts, right? So, yeah, but if you want to find us, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, Facebook, we are California Haunts. California Haunts Radio, California Haunts. Uh, my name, uh, Twitter, we're California Haunts. Uh, you can find us on TikTok under California Haunts. You can find us on Instagram, and that is under my name, under Ghosty Gal. And you can find us over at Twitch as well under Cal Haunts, I, I believe. And also, um, what did I miss? What did I miss? What did I miss? Uh, I'm trying to remember remember all of them. There's so many of them. But uh, all you have to really do is meet up. We're also California Haunts. So all you have to really do is just Google. And we'll just pop right up. And you'll find us. Ah, YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash at California Haunts Radio. You can find us at YouTube. Now, along that line. Tonight will be a phoned-in interview. So, uh, you guys, I'll, you know, I'll flash some graphics up on the screen throughout the interview as, as I'm asking this gentleman questions. And um, that way you can either have dinner and watch it or put me on and just kind of put me in the corner and listen to me, right, and do your laundry care. people that carry me around while they're doing laundry. That's cool. That's cool, too. You know, whatever. Uh, but I'm just going to let you know a uh, heads up. on It's a phone in interview. Now, if you're watching from Facebook tonight and you like what you see in here, well, like what you hear, <laughs> in this case, feel free to share us, share share the show with others because we're trying to gain momentum and, and build up our following. Uh, you guys have done a great job doing that, and I really appreciate it. But uh, could always, you know, get some more following going. Also, if you haven't done so already, uh, yourself, uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Just click that follow button. I'd really appreciate it. I. Direly appreciate it. And uh, also, if you like what you hear tonight, please be sure to leave us some happy faces, some hearts, and just show me some love. Because what that does is it puts us up higher in the algorithm on Facebook, which means that they distribute us out farther and more people get to see us. Same thing with making comments during the show. Um, Feel free to make comments. I'll try to read as many as I can tonight. And the the more you do that, the more it it puts us up in the algorithms. Because again, you know, we're trying to get the word out about the show, right? I mean, like if you're watching it tonight and maybe there's someone in the back bedroom of your place or kitchen, you can say, hey, you know, there's this this little show on, this little cool little show about UFO abductions and things like that. Uh, You know, just share us because the idea is to share. Okay, it looks like we're going to have a shaky Internet tonight. So we're going to do the best we can and just bear with us. That wasn't too bad. I've been blinked out even worse before. All right. There must be a lot of news going on out there. Okay. That being said, um, YouTube is the same thing as far as the algorithm goes. If you're watching from YouTube tonight and you like what you see or you like what you hear, please be sure to hit those, smile, minus, those thumbs up and smiley faces and all that. And also to comment because, again, that puts us up higher in that algorithm at YouTube so more people see us. And be sure to share us. Share, share, share. Uh also, at YouTube, if you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe. Uh, we have more than 700 videos sitting over there of this show that we've done for the past three, and a half, three years. And uh, I think that I, I am a journalist. I'm a photojournalist. I like to change it up. So you're not only going to get paranormal topics, you're going to get other stuff as well. News-related, current news, things like that. And there's so many of them over there, it can be overwhelming. So what I've done is I've, I've started to put them into... Separate categories and folders, and I'm just about done doing that. So, for instance, if you're into alien abductions and things like that, there's a folder for that. If you're into um, medium Nancy Matt's, who's on here on Fridays, there's a folder for that. If you're into astrology, there's a folder for that, etc., 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 and you know, ancient history, all that stuff. So, I've, I've made it a lot easier to find these things because believe me, even I get a headache when I go in to look for a past guest or I go in to find information on something or I going to see a certain show to get info off of it. And there's all these shows sitting there. It gives me a migraine. Total migraine. So I decided to put them into the categorized folders. Okay. Um, my guest tonight, Byron Lacey, has a new book out. And he feels that he has been a lifelong abductee. And uh, he's going to come share a story with us. And he feels not only is a lifelong abductee, it's a generational thing in his family. So not only was he was he abducted, his grandfathers and grand and great grandfathers and all that it went down the line in his family. Okay, today starts you what I call uh, space mystery week, and we're going to be talking with people you know people that have been abducted. We're going to be talking tomorrow. Wil- Wilbur Allen's going to join us, and he's going to talk about uh, his experiences. Plus, he des- he designed a camera that's infrared that he could look up in the sky with and take photos. And he claims that he has gotten 3,000 photos of Tic Tacs with this camera. So we're going to have some of those to show tomorrow and him. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to have Northern California MUFON on. And uh, uh, that's going to be a great show. And then Thursday, Mr. Z is going to be with us. And he has a unique tale of abduction that I think you guys are going to find very interesting. And then Friday, Nancy Matt's is going to be with us talking about, uh, you know, how, how do you sense the time to look up in the sky either with a camera or whatever to sense that there's something up there that shouldn't be up there? So we're going to be talking about that Friday. So it's going to be a fun a packed week. I want to put the announcement out right now before I call our guest that uh, we're going to do the show at 6.30 p.m. Pacific tomorrow, uh, but uh, but Mr. Allen uh, requested that we do it at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. his time because, uh, because he didn't want to run into the late hours with the show. So... Put that in your little notepads your little notepad your databanks that we're going to be on at 1 p.m. Pacific tomorrow with Wilbur Allen. And, of course, for the people that are working and can't see it live, you'll be able to see it in the evening. Okay? All right. Let me check the chat room, and then I'm going to make a phone call and call this gentleman out. And, again, hello, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry Baze is on my team. And, again, as I said, uh, feel free to comment. Feel free to give us thumbs up if, if you like what you hear. Share us. You know, all that good stuff. We always leave you wanting more. And if anybody has come over from TikTok, welcome. Right now, this is the only way we can do this because I do not have 3,000 followers to be able to go live on TikTok as well and all that good you know, with the show as well. It's all off my PC right now. All right. So I'm going to call this gentleman. Again, it'll be a phone call so you don't have to like sit there and watch the screen. I will have a, uh, a, a couple place, you know, place setters on there where I'll be flashing his book. I'll be flashing his photo. And that way, um, you know, you'll have something to look at instead of looking at me for a solid hour. (laughs) Um, And, you know, if you've ever done radio or anything like this before, when something like this happens and you have to be on camera all the time, this is the time that you're going to get the runny nose and all that's going to happen because that's just how life is, right? All right. So without further ado, let me get get him on the phone. And um, like I said, if if you like what you hear during the show, please share it. Share it. Share it. R and Y, because that's what we're looking to do. Okay, let me get this going. I have a unique way I do these, so I got to get. I've uh, I've done presets on this, and we'll we'll see if the presets work. You never know, Murphy's Law, right? Let's do this. Hello? Hello, Byron. Yes, ma'am. This is Byron Lacey. This is Charlotte with California Haunts Radio. Yes, ma'am. We're on the air. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing very good. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm really excited to talk to you.
1: Well, thank you. I'm excited to be on your show.
0: Fantastic. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I'm 73 years old. I live in Nacogdoches, Texas. I'm an artist, a writer, an alien contactee. A, uh, I produce electronic music on synthesizers, and um, I live out in the woods. I have three degrees, one in English and two in art.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. And and um, I saw your, uh, you know, I kind of went through your background a little bit. I'm fascinated by it. You feel that uh, you know that that you've been through abductions and that they're generational. Yes, at least three gener- four generations.
1: My great grandfather, my grandfather, my father, and me. But from a discussion with my father, I know some people in the family that aren't in my line of descent mm-hmm. uh, were abducted.
0: Now, how did you know when when the abduction started for you? And how, how old were you?
1: Well, the, now the very first time was in 1956, and I was six years old. But I did not know they were aliens, and they kept coming. But I didn't know it. But I would find marks, bruises, punctures, but I I didn't know what they were from.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't know I was an abductee until 2009. Hey, hon, would you like,
0: yes, please. I'd love to hear it.
1: The first the first event? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, Mom would always take me into bed and tuck me in. And she would always ask me if I wanted the hall door left open and the hall light on. And I would always say yes. One night, she, we had just moved to Seagoville. And uh, I was going to start school at the end of summer. And it was basically right before summer. That's how I realized the other day or a month or two ago that it was 1956. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she took me into the bedroom, put me in the bed, and I watched her leave the room, and she left the door open. And I turned around to lay down, and there were three little heads sticking up above the mattress on the side of the bed down at the foot. And this shocked me because I didn't know how anybody would get in my room, and I didn't even think about the fact that they were so small, but they were. So I yelled for Mom to come in, and she came back into the room, and I told her what had happened. But they were they were gone when she got there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So she didn't she didn't say anything. She didn't say I was dreaming. Of course, she had just put me in bed. She didn't say I was dreaming or anything. She just touched me in and said, take out to sleep. So, the very next night, the exact same thing happened. The exact same way, every bit of it. They were gone. She tucked me in and left the room. The third night, she came in and she sat and She tucked me in and she sat down on the bed and she said, son, If they come in here again, don't call me because when I get here, they're going to be gone. Hmm. You're just going to have to learn to deal with them yourself. And then she touched me in and she asked me if I wanted the door left open. And I said, yes. And she left the room. I turned around and the three little guys were there. And there was also a big guy that looked a lot like Captain Hook, wearing, he had a big hat, or I thought he did. I realized in 2009 that this creature was a a, um, mantis, but he was disguised, at least in my mind, and he looked like he had a pirate's vest on, which would have been his robe, and he had a pearly shirt, and I couldn't see his legs because of the darkness. And he moved around really weird sort of like he was dancing or something but uh, i think that was just the way the man just walks of course i didn't know it at that time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well suddenly i couldn't move and it was like i was tied down or something or paralyzed i couldn't move and the room grew bigger all the walls spread out further and the bed began to rotate in the middle of the room. And the little guys, the three of them, they stayed like they were put to the bed. They stayed with it as it rotated. Of course, this was probably all an illusion for me. Anyway, as this was going on, I suddenly got where I felt like I was going to start screaming and freak out. And everything was gone. They were gone. The room was back to normal size. The bed was where it was supposed to be. It wasn't moving. And uh, the big Captain Hook was gone. So I lay back down and I pulled the covers over my head because I decided if they came back, I didn't want to see them Mm -hmm. because they looked strange. And I knew that I couldn't get any help from my parents. So that was the end of the first event
0: so your mother knew about them obviously
1: yes from what she said she did
0: wow <laughs> wow so after, an, go ahead sorry about that
1: an, an event happened in 1961 although i still didn't put two and two together but it showed that my father knew about them and they had known about them before 1956. Mm-hmm. wow Wow. Would you like me to tell you about that? Absolutely. All right. A song became very popular in the United States and it was from England. I had a radio that I listened to all the time and the, the song, this was 1961. Mm-hmm. The song was, does your chewing Gun lose its flavor on the bedpost overnight?
0: I remember that.
1: Yep. It stuck in my mind and one night it stuck in my mind and I could not go to sleep. It played over and over all night long. And my mom came and got me up to go to school to eat breakfast and go to school. And I, we stumbled into the kitchen. I followed her and I said, I can't go to school. I haven't slept any. And she she said, why not? And I told her and I, I asked her what it was. The song playing over and over again. She said she didn't know, Mm -hmm. and she finished cooking dinner—I mean breakfast—and had me eat. Then she took me and put me on the sofa, turned on the TV, and she gave me a Coca-Cola. That's what we drank at that time.
2: Mm -hmm. Of course, we would have called it that even if it was seven up, right?
1: And and Mm -hmm. uh, she told me to watch TV and to definitely not go to sleep. Because I was going to go to sleep that night, and I was going to go to school the next day. Mm-hmm. Those were like commands. And she went into the dining room and got the phone off the wall and carried it into the kitchen. And had some kind of discussion with someone. Now, later I thought it was my father. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he comes home at 4 o'clock from work, and he walks right past me. I'm sitting on the sofa watching TV. He walks right past me takes my mother by the hand and leads her into the kitchen and they have a discussion, which I can't, I can hear them talking, but I can't tell what they're saying. He comes back out of the kitchen and he sits. I'm laying down on the sofa. He sits down on the edge of the sofa and he looks at me and he says, son, if you don't straighten up, we're going to have to take you to a psychiatrist. Wow. Now, A psychiatrist was not a good thing in 1961. No. And I didn't know know what was going on. I just had a song playing in my mind all night. And he said, we lacies don't talk about ourselves. We don't tell anybody what has happened to us. You don't want to be famous, because I talked about wanting some kind of jobs where I would be famous. Mm Mm-hmm. And you don't want people to know anything about you. You had a relative in the 1890s who told people that little men came in her room at night and talked to her. They eventually put her in an insane asylum where she died. Hmm. And you don't want that to happen to you. He also said that nothing happened that he only knew things that happened to his parents when he was around. They didn't tell him about things that happened when he wasn't around. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty much what he said to me, and I I didn't realize at that time, but in 2009, I realized from what he said that he remembered the event that happened in 1956, even though at that point, Sometimes I remember it and sometimes I wasn't because I wouldn't because I didn't know what it was. Right. There's even a term for that but I can't remember what it is. Oh. So we obviously had some people that weren't in my directive line direct line of descent that
0: were abducted. Right.
1: And Mm-hmm. because we didn't want to take PE when we got into high school and we wanted to be in the band. So you had had to take music class.
0: I remember that. (laughs) And I didn't want to be in
1: PE. I was a little guy. So so, uh, our teacher was sick. This was Mr. Kathy. And he was sick one day. He'd never been sick before. And we had a substitute teacher. And I had never seen this person before. And seattle was a small town where you would almost always see, at least see somebody in the grocery store or something like that. And she was in her 20s and a college student or just out of college. And she was very pretty. I almost fell in love with her. She said, uh, since it's the end of winter, which it was, it was getting ready to be spring, we're going to go outside and do calisthenics. And we all, of course, are going, oh, no, no. We <laughs> took music so we wouldn't have to do that. right? <laughs> <laughs> so she, she took us outside on this gravel driveway that ran by the school, which was an old brick schoolhouse, two stories tall, from the 30s or 40s. And she had us line up and put our hands uh, out and touch fingertips and then move a foot away from each other. And there were about 20 of us, maybe less. So then she goes over and stands under this big oak tree while we're standing out of the sun. And it wasn't that cool. So we're having to do calisthenics. And we, we start and she's counting. We are doing jumping jacks, and all of a sudden, well, she quit counting, too, but all of us just stopped, and we're all staring above the oak tree like we're mesmerized almost, and there above it was this thing. I put together a lot of model boats at that time, and I love warships and stuff. Mm -hmm. This looked like a George Washington-class nuclear submarine. Turned on its, turned with its conning tower down, and removed, and the battle deck of the USS Missouri attached to the bottom, except that the guns weren't guns; they were runes, like some of those first ships on Star Trek that mm-hmm. come across the sky, mm-hmm. and um, we're all staring at that. And then it's gone and she says okay that was nothing let's get back to work If she didn't even see it mm-hmm. she was standing under a tree she didn't look up or not that we knew of and so we start doing the jumping jacks again and almost immediately the bell rings so that was an hour long class but we experienced about 15 or 20 minutes of it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So there was missing time. And when, um, I never saw that substitute teacher again after that either. So I I actually think she was a hybrid and she was sent there to take our class up into the ship. Mm. But we did do regression in Memphis or wherever it was. Um, I remember walking inside of the ship, walking down the length of the ship pretty much, going in a room with the class and sitting down at some tables, and then that's all I remember. And there were some glass tubes, big or glass pipes, Mm -hmm. and they had water bubbling up inside of them, but there was nothing in them but water or whatever it was. And then that's all I could remember. Mm Mm-hmm. it was interesting to remember inside of it and nobody talked about it after it was over with although a few years ago a woman that was in my class although she was sick that day she said when she she had pneumonia and she remembered it very well and when she got back several of the kids told her about the event
0: Mm -hmm. You know, I find this interesting. You know, when you talk about bruising, you know, and waking up with bruising, what do you mean? Where were the bruises and what do they look like?
1: Well, they're usually about the size of a quarter or a half dollar.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're usually on the calves or on the arms, the forearm. Yeah, I've had one of on my bicep. And, um, They already look like they're three or four days old. They're they're not like a fresh bruise. They're like one that's partly healed. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think these are from being grabbed. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they are around the ankles and stuff. But um, I think that they're actually, their ships are a different frequency than we are. And they are a different frequency, and they have to lower their frequency to come down and mess with us or to get us. But to take us up into a ship, they have to raise our frequency. And I have heard, and I believe this to be true, that the, the bruises are a slight damage from having our frequency changed and then put back to normal.
0: That makes sense in a lot of ways.
1: Yes. And um, and that's one reason their ships can disappear. They just go way into another frequency if they're not shooting off across the sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think this is what causes a lot of abductees to start becoming more psychic. That because makes sense too. When you're psychic, you've raised your frequency through meditation or whatever. But they're doing it. Some of us, like, there were many times they were taking me once or twice a month.
0: Do you know why they were taking you?
1: I have an opinion about it. I don't know why.
3: Okay.
1: I I do know I would get these punctures on me, and almost all abductees get these little punctures. Sometimes they're three in a row, sometimes they're three in the shape of a triangle. I've had 21 on one wrist, three rows of seven. And a a psychic again told me that she thought these were some kind of inoculation to protect us against germs we might pick up from other humans on the ship.
0: Hmm. (laughs) Interesting. And, you know, as you got older and and these things were going on, did you tend to notice a lot more? You know, as far as when you were on the ships and stuff, or did that have to all come out through hypnosis? Uh,
1: no. But my wife, my first wife, we were married for 14 years. And she said, you know, you can hurt yourself while you're in bed asleep sleep more than any person I've ever seen.
2: Because
1: huh. it would look like I'd ran into coffee tables or stuff and I've been in bed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or I'd have bruises on my arms.
0: That's incredible and it's amazing to me that your parents were well aware of what was going on.
1: Yes, of course, nobody talked about anything like that very much Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it wasn't on TV. There were some movies about that kind of thing, but not many. And plus we didn't even have a TV until I was, um, first grade, six or seven, well, until I was seven or eight, because we didn't have one the first year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was isolated.
0: Now, when you got older, say, you know, in your teen years, late teen years, and, and we're thinking about marrying someone, were you at all concerned that the person that you married would start getting abducted as well? Or, or, or you know? <laughs> I, I didn't know
1: until 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see that ship in 61 and I had many strange events like my, my life has been saved nine different times uh, actually ten and uh, improving cancer I had a sarcoma when I was two and a half years old and the doctor was very certain I was going to die if not during the operation shortly after, sometime after that they should have another baby so oh. i have a sister interesting and uh i think they helped keeping you alive from the short
0: absolutely now as you got older too um what, was it the same type of aliens that that, that came to get you every time or, or was it like different
1: now, i didn't see them okay okay but in 2009 oh, wow. i was Driving home from dinner in town, and I was in front of Walmart at a stoplight. And up above me, at the end of the stoplight, which hung across the road, four lanes and a turn lane in the center, was a suddenly a shape like a plate made out of water. It was flat and swirling around, sort of like the Stargate in the movie Stargate with Kurt Russell. Mm hmm it was about a foot across and then it expanded to six feet across and from side to side and top to bottom. And I looked at all the other cars and nobody noticed it. I closed my eyes to see if it would go away or if I could still see it. And I couldn't and when I opened it, it was still right there. Mm-hmm. And then as the light changed, it exploded without any noise and disappeared before it hit the ground, all of the drops of whatever it was. I think it was plasma. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I told a friend of mine who liked conspiracy theories and stuff like that, and he researched them in books basically. He didn't know that. Well, no, he did on the computer by then. Mm -hmm. He had started researching in books. Anyway, um, i told him about it and he didn't say anything. So the next week on the exact same day, at pretty much the same time, because I was coming home from dinner, the same thing happened. And the next day, we were going to go walk along the creek because we walked for for our health Mm -hmm. on this nature path. And I told him about it, and he didn't say anything. So we got back to his apartment, and I said, Hey, uh, what do you think of that thing I told you about? And he said, Come inside. So we went inside, and we sat down, and he said, do you want to know what I think? And I said, yeah, I, I want to know what you think. Yeah. I had told him everything that had ever happened to me mm-hmm. over several years time, by nine times of being saved or eight times at that point. All that kind of stuff. And um, he was sitting in a chair in front of his computer, but he was facing me. He said, you really want to know what I think? I said, yeah. He said, are you positive? I said, yeah, I'm positive. He said, okay, I think you're an alien abductee. <laughs> I said, you're crazy. And he, he turned around and he, he looked up something and he wrote down these two web addresses. And he said, when you get home, you look these up and you take these tests. And then you talk to me about it later. So I took the piece of paper and went home and threw it on my desk and didn't mess with it for a couple of days. And he kept going, have you looked at those sites yet? Have you looked at those sites yet? Finally, I got tired of saying no, so I looked at one. I've had these 99 questions, and it said, if you answer like 80 of them or 75 or 80 of them, yes, then you're probably an abductee. Well, I answered yes to all of them but one, and the ones that were strictly for women. Wow. On both those pages, and I also found a link to PTSD, and I looked it up, and I realized that I've had PTSD most of my life. So I went back to his house and I told him that. And um, about two weeks or three weeks went by, and he told me some stuff about him, and. We figured I had implants, in fact, because of the noise I hear in my head all the time.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I got to thinking that if they were abducting me, they were bound to be getting something from me, and that this thing should be reciprocal. And if I had implants where they could hear what I hear and see what I see, then they can hear me if I'm talking to them. So I went out under the electric line that runs behind my house through the woods. And I said, I'm going to talk to y'all every day for six hours a day. And I'm going to do it until I die or till you answer me. And I want to know what you're doing to me. I want to know if I'm crazy. I want to know what's going on. And I I said that over and over again. I did it for three days. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. And then it was a Friday, and I was playing guitar for
1: the first time in years and singing at a restaurant. So, and my friend helped me get all the stuff there. And I I got part of a set, and I started forgetting all the words, so I had to make up the words. And this guy came out of the audience, and he said, "Um, let me have your guitar, and you get your words out of your guitar case, and we will finish this set. And I'll play for you. I can play guitar. And he could. He can play real good. He later taught me how to play bass. Mm -hmm. We did the set. And I finished it with Hey Mr. Spaceman by The Birds. Mm -hmm. Which was the only song that wasn't a real country song. Even though it sort of has a country rhythm. Got home. It was about 11. Got to bed. Couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. 11.30, 12, one, and I thought, okay, I'm going to put on this CD and meditate, so at least I won't be totally wiped out tomorrow, mm-hmm. so the CD has a rhythm in it that entrains you to meditative states, I uh, listen to it all the time for mm-hmm. years, <laughs> well, I was listening to that, and all of a sudden, I couldn't, couldn't breathe. I thought I wasn't breathing, and I thought my heart wasn't beating. So I raised up out of the trance a little bit, and everything was fine. My body seemed to be fine. And then I went back down, and once again, I wasn't breathing. I, my heart wasn't beating. In fact, I got where I couldn't feel my body. Mm-hmm. There were no false in my eyes. I couldn't see anything. And then, all of a sudden, I was in this hammock. Only the hammock was hung from side to side instead of end to end. And there were some blankets in the hammock. <laughs> and I didn't have any clothes on, and I didn't have my glasses on because I couldn't see very well. I had to touch my face to see if my glasses needed to be cleaned. That's when I realized I didn't have them on. Huh. I pulled myself out of the hammock by reaching up above my head and grabbing hold of the two outside. Pulled myself out and landed on the floor. And it was warm in there, but not uncomfortable. And I could see that there was an open doorway on, on part of one wall. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm on a spaceship. I got what I asked for. And then I heard a noise, and I go, well, I said an expletive. I don't think I'm ready to talk to aliens right now. Then it faded to black, just like in a movie. It faded, dipped down to black, Mm -hmm. and then back up. Only when it came back up, I was laying on this metal table, and there were three of the little greys at the foot of the table, and this creature that was about seven foot tall that looked a lot like a playing mantis wearing a robe was standing over in the side. And then somehow my perceptions were split and I was in the bed watching myself with them. Now a friend of mine that I've met later named Gerald Sims, who's the alien hunter and he investigates mm-hmm. alien abductions and he lives in Houston. He told me that they can, um, you perceive in any way they want. He said, most likely I was still with them, but they were making me feel I was in the bed. And mm-hmm. I suddenly felt like I was going to freak out. And the, the tall guy, he thought into my head, Don't be afraid. And instantly
3: I was calm. Huh. Now, I wasn't calm because of what he said. Right.
1: He had commanded my nervous system. (laughs) Then, the whole thing, I was looking at it more from the bed than from the room I was in, and it was like a hologram on the wall. It turned into black and white, and then the picture shrank down around where all I could see was me on the table from my knees to my neck. I couldn't see anything else. And then it was like a, a switch flipped and it was X ray. And I could see straight into my body. I could see my skeleton, I could see my organs, I could see everything. And then they did the probe on me and I could see that too. Now, I wish that this picture hadn't shrunk. I would have gotten to see inside the aliens, too. Yeah. And Gerald uh, has told me, I've told him about this whole thing. He said that they can see an X-ray. And they can make us see an X-ray if they want to.
2: Ooh.
1: In fact, he said they can make us perceive whatever they want to make us perceive. So then, I was in my bed, wide awake. Everything was gone. Uh, <laughs> everything was normal. And I went, wow, I've been on an alien spaceship. And I got a, pinch of paper, a piece of paper and a pencil, and I drew the weird tall guy because mm-hmm. I knew that had to be fake, that had to be something that didn't exist. And then I went right to sleep. I never go right to sleep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it always takes me an hour to go to sleep. So it's a wonder that I went, Immediately to sleep, the next morning I woke up, and I went, wow, I was on the alien ship. I remembered everything, mm-hmm. and then I started crying. I didn't know why I was crying. I didn't feel like crying, but I was crying, and I cried for almost an hour, and then it all calmed down. Later that day, I, I took the picture that i had drawn, and I went over to visit my friend, and I told him what had happened. And he listened very quietly, and I said, but look, I've got this, and this proves, and I was unfolding the piece of paper from my shirt pocket, and I said, this proves it was all just a dream,
3: because at that point, I sort of wanted it to be a dream, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: And he said, "Uh uh-huh, and he turns around to the computer, and he taps taps in an address, and he moves away and says, take a look. And there was a drawing almost exactly like mine of a man, and it was called a mantis creature, a mantis being. Wow. So I knew it wasn't a dream.
0: Wow. And. and, and oh, go, go ahead, sir.
1: Well, that's how I discovered I was an abductee.
0: Wow. And yeah, I, I was reading a little bit up on you, and I saw some of the photos that, you know, you sent me. And you do have scoop marks on your body, don't you?
1: Yes, I've got three on one leg, on my left leg. And I have seen a scoop mark on a friend of mine who is also an abductee, and it was fresh. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it looked pretty normal. It was lighter colored. But there was a rim of red right below the skin that looked like blood which had been cooked. So did they say that they use a laser to do that, a scoop. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably what it was.
0: And what do you think they were doing scooping? Were, were, were they just getting samples of, of your skin? Or, or what, what do you think that was? Some of
1: the implants are of a material that the body will reject so okay. they take the implant and they wrap the, the flap of skin around it and then they implant it inside the body and the body just doesn't recognize what's inside of that lump of skin
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it doesn't reject it
0: Okay. okay. now some people uh, when they have implants They kind of figure out where they're at. Were were, were you able to figure out where the implant was?
1: I figured out about one of them. Well, actually, I know about two. Okay. One of them I discovered when I was meditating. I just focused in on that sound, and I I finally got such a fine focus on it, I was able to follow it. And it went to a place
2: right above my right ear or my left ear Mm -hmm.
1: inside my head. Now, the other implant that I found out about, I I had gotten a CD that was to cure tinnitus because I didn't know if I had tinnitus or not. Mm -hmm. And I think that it cured tinnitus, but it also killed one of the implants or made it quit working. Um, You're supposed to listen to it once a week. I listened to it. Couple of hours every day, and one day I woke up the morning and there was no noise in my head. So I was, I thought, well, yay! Uh, That evening I was watching TV, and it was about in the middle of a television show when suddenly it was a different television show playing, and it was in the middle also. It was one I would never want to watch, and then my nose hurt like somebody shoved their finger all the way up my nose into my head on the right side.
0: Life is so fascinating, and did you ever have a, I mean, like you say, when you were aboard ship, like the, the the one did kind of com- communicate with you. Did you did you had do you ever get any, any more communication or anything like that? Uh, um,
1: yes, but it's it's always been about stuff having to do with me. I've never gotten to ask any questions. Well, one one evening i was meditating and i was somehow i was talking with one of them they seemed to initiate it there was a period of about two minutes when they talked to me quite a bit it -hmm. was almost like they liked me and um well i lost what they said Mm -hmm. oh so i thought and i've been trying to find a way to catch them to where i could actually get some information Mm -hmm. so i said why have you saved my life so many times? And the voice said, we want you alive. And and then it was gone. I'm going, yeah, like, that's not obvious.
2: Hmm.
1: They have um, kept me from having a car accident. Mm -hmm. One time they tell me I was was leaving Lowe's where I bought some material for work on my house. And this voice told me to go to the right and take the loop home. And I knew it was them. And I said, no, I don't want to go to the right. I want to go to the left. It's quicker. And he said, you'll have a car accident. And I said, well, I appreciate you looking out for me. But I'm just going to be really super careful. So I, I headed home the way I wanted to. And all of a sudden, this guy just cuts right in front of me in a big um, black station wagon light truck I forget what they're called but right now. He killed a van.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And he almost took off my bumper. He didn't touch me, but it looked, it looked like he was going to. And I slammed on my brakes and I put on my horn. Well, that upset him. Mm uh-huh. hmm so and i pulled out from behind him and zoomed around well he came up and he zoomed around in front of me and this time he's got in front of me he slammed on his brakes well i I flipped my car to the right and i was right at the exit to another highway that also went to my town Mm -hmm. so i took that exit and got away from him but if they hadn't
2: warned me because i was looking for something to happen and it did Mm-hmm.
1: The the funniest time that they talked to me, I was in Hastings, and there was a uh, movie that I wanted to watch. It's about a man that wakes like, up buried in a box, and he's in the Middle East, and all he has is a cigarette lighter, and I have claustrophobia. Mm-hmm. I had thought about watching that movie before, but always, no, no, no. It's such an attractive cover that I was drawn to it. <clears throat> and I picked it up, and I was getting ready to go take it, check it out. And the voice said, and this was the same voice I've heard from the Mantis. Mm-hmm. It said, don't win it. I said, why not? It said, you won't be able to watch it. It'll be a waste of your money.
2: Huh.
1: So I said, well, once again, I said, I appreciate you looking out for me, but I'm going to go ahead and try. It didn't say anything else. And, I, and this time I was actually talking out loud to it. So there were probably some people near me listening to me talk to nothing. And uh, I got it home. I ate dinner, And I put it in the machine. The DVD player and I turn it on and it opens up. The scene is completely black and then you hear a cigarette lighter being clicked and suddenly the lighter comes on and he, there he is in this box. And my cluster is going to be a hit like a typhoon. And I pull my legs up on the sofa and I go, Oh my god! and I turn the movie off and i Posados. They said, Go to Posados. And I said, No, I want to save some money. <laughs> <laughs> then all of a sudden, I saw the food I wanted to eat. I saw the menu. I, I saw pictures of the food. I could smell it. I could taste it. Uh, this barrage of images flowing through my mind that went
0: Great. You mentioned earlier there's there's a question in the chat room about this. You mentioned earlier about the two uh, those websites that 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 you looked up to answer the questionnaire as to whether or not you've been abducted. Do you know what those Uh, are off the top of your head?
1: No, but I have looked for them before, and I I think you can just put um, how do I tell if I've been abducted by aliens, Mm -hmm. and those will come up.
0: Okay. Okay. So, are you still being are you still being taken?
1: Yes, but it's not very often now. I've been taken. Uh, I've found signs of it twice this year.
2: Okay.
1: Now, they could be taking me without it causing any marks or bruises too, though I don't know.
0: That's true. Of course. Of course. So I
1: do have ideas sometimes that I think are not mine. Uh huh. Uh huh.
0: So when they take you, what what do you think they're doing it for? Are they you know are they using your DNA or you know what kind of what kind of things do you think they're doing to you?
1: Well, I can tell you what they told me. Okay. Um. Of course, there's a little lead up to it I had this psychic in England that did readings for me and she would do a reading and send you an mp3 where she talked and I had one for two years one a year and everything she said both those years came true I did it again the third year and it was about three-fourths of the way for third year and almost everything she had told me had come true well, one of the things she said in the third tape was, "Well, it wasn't a tape; it was an MP3." Mm-hmm. She said, "You may, you may think this is funny, but you're one of them. Oh, you're one, you're one of the aliens," and she laughed, sort of in a British type of way, <laughs> and. Uh, Well, first she said, you may think I'm crazy. And then she said that. So anyway, and I had thought about that all year long. And I go, everything, everything for two and three fourths of a year has come true. She can't be all that wrong. The the odds are in favor that she's right.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So I went and started meditating. And I thought about myself. I thought about how. I never fit in with my family. I didn't really fit in with society. I like when I when I had to work, I did as little as possible, but still, not good. Bad. I did a good job, mm-hmm. but I didn't buy in to the position. I didn't want to be advancing. I just wanted to get my paycheck and go home. I just didn't feel like a part of society in general.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And and I thought about all these things. I felt like. That I had been left on my parents' doorstep as a baby. So all of a sudden, it was like things clicked in my mind and I I believed it on three levels. I felt it. I felt it intellectually, or two levels. I felt it intellectually and I felt it emotionally. And when that happened, and I thought, well, it's true. All of a sudden, it was like two fingers reached into the back of my head right above my neck and went straight into my head and grabbed me Mm -hmm. and i was like an orb and pulled me out of my head i had no awareness of my body or of the world or anything but i was still wide awake except i was this orb and i was in this blackness (laughs) and there were no phosphines Suddenly, there was a grid of light in front of me, and I think that was to help me orient. And there were three beings made of light sitting in these thrones made of light. They looked like they would have been about eight or nine feet if they were standing up. And this voice out of somewhere in this voice said, the Council of Three in other words he was introducing them they were the council of right. 30. later i've actually heard of them but i've never heard of them before and one of them said the one in the middle he was thinking at me and he said we've been waiting for you to realize this mm-hmm. we're very proud of you Wow! and then all this information came streaming into me and i'm just can see in 360 degrees which I can't even comprehend
2: at this point in time in my body Uh and um,
1: it was it was sounded like a dial-up phone when you used to dial in your modem to get on the internet it was just screeching and I saw pictures and all kinds of things (laughs) flying into me and then it stopped and I was wide awake there was no transition from being in this massively deep trance where I had no, it was like an NDE, a near-death experience. I had no experience in my body at all and to be in wide awake, laying in bed. Mm-hmm. And I felt perfectly fine. Wow. And I couldn't remember anything except things would come to me a little bit. And the very first thing that came to me one evening when I was meditating, Was was like a voice, but I think it was a voice that had been put into me. And it said, the interest on your loans are the chains of your slavery. And so I immediately started working to get out of debt. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And it took me a couple of years, but I paid off all my credit cards and everything. It hit me so profoundly it was absolutely true that that was what tied me to having to work and everything else, even though I kept working afterwards. Right, but I got rid of it, and boy, things were just better.
0: Absolutely. So, what's next for you?
1: Well, I'm hoping to do more interviews and talk about my book
2: more,
1: mm-hmm. and I may be writing a it's not really going to be about aliens. Okay. And um, I'm not sure yet. I'm working on my art. I'm working on my music.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I do. Um, I, I produce electronic experimental music. And I was inspired to do this by a CD I was listening to that I meditated to all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And all of a sudden, this weird music started playing on it. It definitely wasn't on the CD, but it sounded like it was. And a year later, I realized if I got some synthesizers, which I don't really know how to play or didn't, I could make that kind of music. Ooh. It was like an orchestra playing totally abstract music. Cool. So yeah. I write that, and I use it in reels, and I also put it in CDs, and it's for sale on Amazon and... Uh, Spotify and Apple and everywhere else, and I make about thirty-five dollars a every few months, but which isn't much. But mm-hmm. I get a penny a song, so a $1 dollar is a hundred songs. Right. So thirty-five dollars is whatever three thousand five hundred songs. Well, it's getting it's, out there,
0: yeah. The word's getting out.
1: And I have some. I have little groups of people all over the world that listen to my music, like one or two in Germany, one or two in China, and then the biggest parts in the United States. And some of them stream it all the time on uh, on Spotify. Just not very
0: many. Oh, it'll build uh, up. It'll build up. Uh, yeah,
1: I think so. It's, it's slowly increased. Absolutely. Just keep at it. Keep at it. <laughs> I stopped for a while, but I've started writing it again. And I love doing reels because I make the pictures out of uh, artificial intelligence program. Uh-huh. And I put my music to it. And they're like 90-minute, 90 90-second 90 movies.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: And I've been able to get my machine to make UFOs that are believable.
0: That's awesome. I saw some of those. Those are cool. Absolutely cool. I want to thank you for coming on. This hour went by so fast.
1: Yes, it is. It did. Yes,
0: sir. Love to have you on. You know, later on. You know, down the line. This is fantastic. I thank you so much. There's
1: a lot more in my book.
0: Gotcha. Well, we're going to show everybody your book and where to get it too. So hopefully, you'll get some sales out of that. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. I'd love to have you back at some point. I'll be glad to come back. Absolutely. All right. Well, you have a great rest of your evening, sir. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Okay. Well, that was an interesting interview. I, I've heard stuff I never heard before. I mean, oh, hang on. I just called through on my phone. Sure, I wasn't supposed to do that. Okay. Oh, that was him. He must have hit the button. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, that was a great interview. That's the first interview of the week for this. And uh, just remember, tomorrow uh, at uh, 1 p.m. Pacific, we're going to have uh, Wilbur Allen's going to be with us, Dr. Wilbur Allen. And he's going to be talking about this really cool uh, camera that he's designed, infrared camera. And he has he claims to have over 3,000 photos of uh, Tic Tacs. So we're going to talk to him, and he's also been abducted as well. So we'll get his story as well. But this was fascinating. Mister Lacey was a fascinating gentleman. Anyway, um, again tomorrow we'll, we'll be back at one p.m. Pacific to continue this. And for the people that aren't going to be home at that time or are able to listen, of course you'll be able to see the uh, the pre you know the replay on it. So that so that'll work out. But I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show. Share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here at California House Radio. Also, if you like the show, please, please show me some love. Uh, send me some thumbs up, some hearts, some happy faces. I'd really appreciate it. Um, like I said, it helps us with the algorithm on YouTube and uh, Facebook. And if you haven't done so already, please be sure to hit that follow button on Facebook and uh, subscribe on, a, on our YouTube channel. I'd really appreciate it. Anyway, I will see you guys tomorrow. I'm going to go ahead and share his uh, contact information. And where you can get the books and all that. But uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific. Here we go. Websites. Byron Lacey Facebook author page. Byron Lacey Facebook page. And he's also got a page on ReverbNation.com forward slash Byron Lacey. The book is Chosen Chronicles of an Alien Abduction. And he does have the other book on, uh, out. And it's his our book. Um, the night is a constant lover, poems by Byron Lacey. And of course, you can get those at Amazon. All right, gang. I'll see you tomorrow at one p.m. Pacific with uh, Doctor Doctor Wilbur Allen. And have a great evening, everybody. See ya.